really in the end of the day it's uh-huh. not that hard mm-hmm. you know like of course you do need to have the know-how and you need to put in a lot of hours and i don't want to mm-hmm. underplay that like it really requires a lot of time and mm-hmm. things get hard not things don't always go well mm-hmm. um but if you care enough about something mm-hmm. then we can give you the tools to make it happen and that's and that's really so i just want to point out that your concerts and parties have engaged over 1,300 young adults and students, um, and you've raised over 12000 for Ronald's McDonald House, Canuck Place Children's Hospice, and Downtown Eastside Women's Center. So obviously, um, Gen Rock City has gained a lot of momentum. So you kind of gave some advice already, but could you kind of build on any more advice you would give to someone who has an idea and wants to translate that into reality? I guess the first thing I can think of is the balance between confidence and humility. Firstly, from the confidence, um, you need to be- um, That's why, as I mentioned earlier, um, you know, we try to pick charities that our team is passionate about. So, that, so that's the first thing I would say, is the confidence to really believe in what you're doing. There's gonna be a lot of speed bumps along the way. I, I'm mm-hmm. still experiencing them, but you really have to believe important that's bigger mm-hmm. than yourself, you can get through it because what you are offering, mm-hmm. with that being that with humility of understanding that yes, my organization is great and what I'm doing is important. Maybe there are some flaws. There's some things that we can tweak. Who are some people I can talk to mm-hmm. make this even better? And you're always trying to progress and evolve what you started. Thank you for sharing that wonderful advice with us also for coming by been a pleasure and an honor that was zeke blumenkrass founder and president of generosity thank you everyone for listening to the social focus today if you enjoyed this episode tune in on the 11th of december to listen to my interview with megaphone magazine here at citr 101.9 fm Balloon Club, we guarantee that you will be able to make a balloon poodle within the first day. Here at the UBC Ant Club, we just like to talk about ants and compare ant farms. Uh, it's really cool. Paperclip Club is all about, well, paperclips mostly. At Blah Club, you can blah blah, blah 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 blah. There's only one club worth joining at UBC, and that's CITR 101.9 FM. We got free tickets to shows, whirly pops, professional help in all types of audio engineering, passes to festivals, crazy parties, live band swag, all types of crazy people. Our programming manager rides a motorcycle. There's freestyle rapping, Nardwar, the human serviette, the vinyl and record libraries, Discord or magazine, free studio recording, and it sure beats the hell out of Paperclip Club, which is a thing that I just made up because I work at CITR. So come check us out on the top floor of the Student Union Building. We got all types of crazy shit for you to do. Or check us out online at www.citr.ca. Sophomore album Loungewear from the Portland duo Mel Brewers brings together the Zulu rhythms of Dionysian New Orleans street folk with the kinetic dub bluegrass of New York nerdcore. However, this decrepit rehash only tortures the nubile freshness of their debut, the Wackjite Travelogues. This can only be seen as the decline of a nascent career before it has even begun to incline and receives their lowest score yet, 7.4 Radioheads out of 10 Arcade Fires.
Want an alternative to music blogs? Discorder Magazine has been supporting Vancouver's independent music community for over 30 years. Come help keep local music journalism alive at the Discorder fundraiser and launch party this December 4th, featuring Rec Center, Skinny Kids, Other Jesus, and CITR's very own DJ Pop Doors. Doors are at 8 with $5 cover before 10 and $10 after. It's happening this Thursday, December 4th at the Hindenburg, 23 West Cordova. December's best new fundraiser as selected by Discorder editors. And uh, normally we would play an intro to our show. Um, this is Peanut Butter and Jams featuring me, Jordy. And me, Brenda. How does the intro normally go, Brenda? Um, usually I don't sing in public. No? You have like you, you you're in a choir. I know, I hide in 40 voices. Um, anyhow, uh, the this is a local music, local food show. This is a local music, local food show. Sorry, Brenda. Yeah, um, if you heard a pause, it was me not talking into the mic, or me talking into the mic that wasn't on. We could still hear you faintly. Um, Great. Which is why I thought it was fine. Um, but, uh, and we have a great show for you today, lots of content. Um, we have a very, um, I'm, I'm excited this mm-hmm. about our cake discussion that we're going to have on this show with uh, cake experts, Darcy Omori. Um, which is who is not my fiance, Darcy, not my fiance, Omari, and um, Nikki Hasselberg. And Nikki Hasselberger. I just say that because there's a lot of Darcys, and people have already been confused about which Darcy will be on the show today. Mm-hmm. Um, not Darcy Broach. And we're talking specifically about birthday cakes. So you can let us know how you feel about birthday cakes on our Facebook page, uh, Peanut Butter and Jams. Yes, and um, we will also be having a little discussion of pumpkin beer. Lots of good music planned, too. Uh, This is a song by High Ends off of their new album, Super Class, and this song is called I'm Gonna Keep On Dancing.
And we're back. This is uh, Peanut Butter and Jams on CITR 101.9 FM, and we have some very special guests with us in studio right now. Uh, Nikki has joined us. Hi. Nikki, cake-making expert and other cake-making expert, Darcy Omori. Hello. Different types of cake-makers, making experts. Are you guys okay with being called experts? Sure, why not? I'll take it. Um, So, Nikki... Mm-hmm. You make a lot of birthday cakes, right? I do. Um, how did you start making birthday cakes for people? Uh, birthday cakes were always really important in my family. Mm-hmm. Like, they're a big deal. And we always got to choose them, and my mom's a really good baker. And then when I moved up here, I met so many adults who had never had a homemade birthday cake before, and it made me really sad. Really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that is so, sad. So many people have just had, like, box mix birthday cakes or Dairy Queen ice cream cakes, and like I love a Dairy Queen ice cream cake, mm. but it's not what it is not. They're okay. They're okay. They're good though. They're like a whole nother beast. But n- like there were so many people I met who had never had a homemade birthday cake from scratch, and so I just started to rectify that friend by friend. So just like as the years progressed, you're like, oh, it's your birthday, I'm making you a cake. Yeah. And I'm not much of, like, a gift giver, but I really like making things for people, whether that's, like, knitting things or baking things. And I feel like it's the perfect gift because no one doesn't like a birthday cake, you know? Everyone likes cake. Double negative. Yeah, everyone likes cake. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Say it however you want. Everyone (laughs) likes cake. So can you give some examples of cakes you've made? Sure. Yeah, like, usually I'll ask people... Either if there's particular flavors they really, really like, and then I'll just work with that, or I'll ask people what they don't like. Like Ben Lai, for example, mm-hmm. hates chocolate. Ben Lai, host of Thunderbird Radio Hell exactly. and Shindig. Yeah. He hates chocolate, and he doesn't Which even really like cake. So I had to really improvise. So usually I'll ask, like, do, is there something you really, really, really love, or is there something you really, really, really hate that I should avoid? And then I'll just kind of riff on that. And I have some, like, standard recipes I'll go to. Like, I have a chocolate cake recipe that I really like, or... We were just talking, Darcy and I were talking about, like, a perfect yellow cake recipe that we both have used that's just simple and good. And then usually... What's that recipe? It's the, yellow, like, best birthday cake recipe on Smitten Kitchen. Uh, and it's just a perfect yellow layer cake recipe that has buttermilk in it. And it's just really simple and classic. And the yellow. chocolate frosting that goes with it is amazing. It's so good. It's just sour cream and melted chocolate, <laughs> essentially. And it's, like, it's... It takes no time to make, and it's really good. And I don't like frostings that have a ton of sugar in them. Yeah. I don't really like buttercreams. I don't really like frostings that have a ton of powdered sugar. I like cream them. cheese icings. Me too. Yeah. 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 And so lots of nods. I like yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, we're in agreement. Um, yeah. So I mean, and I really like layer cakes. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like birthday cakes are special, special cakes. And so I always try to think of like. I don't usually find a recipe from one place. I'll be like, I want this kind of cake, and then I want this kind of filling, and then I want this kind of frosting. So I usually pick and choose from various places. Do you have a lot of, like, cake-making equipment at home? I have a lot of different pans, and I have a KitchenAid mixer, which was a gift to me when I was 18 and moving out of the house, and it was the best gift anyone has ever given me. Makes so it easy. what cake did you make for Ben Lai? Um, oh, yeah, we were talking about it, and you oh, didn't yeah. follow through with oh. the description well, of cause it. He, well, I've made him a bunch, but um, he loves ice cream, and he doesn't like cake. So last year I made him a birth, uh, ice cream birthday cake, and so I made a vanilla bean ice cream from scratch, and then I made a green tea ice cream from scratch, and then I made a yellow cake layer in between those, and it was delicious. 
everyone's looking at me because they're waiting for me to say <laughs> I don't think that ice cream cakes are real cakes. But I don't. I just think I don't think they're bad. I just don't think they're cakes. But what if there's a yellow cake layer in the middle? Yeah. Then it's oh, I don't know. There's true that's, cake in there. It's not just like, like you that put weird a little bit of cake in some stuff. ice cream, and that's like ice cream flavored or like cake flavored ice cream instead of. But it has cake in it. It's round. I don't it know. Has it's pipe. It's borderline. On it's it. borderline. It spring, like, I, would, I would say it's borderline. There's a candle on top. Yeah. I don't know. I don't think cakes should be made of frozen milk products. I think I disagree, but it's mostly because ice cream is my favorite food in the world. That's fine. So I mean, I like ice cream cream too. I just don't think they qualify as cakes. No, it it does. I feel like it's more about like the shape and the presentation and the candles and cutting it. Like it's a cake. Agree. Totally cake. Okay. Well, I guess I've. So you're outnumbered. I'm I'm wrong. It's been proven. Um, and also, Ben Live made him a few times a creme brulee tart because he does love creme brulee. He loves creme brulee, but it's like a hard thing to share. And then I found a recipe that's a pastry shell filled with creme brulee, brulee. Delicious. Ben Live. Just, um, just on a digression on Ben Live. Um, I can talk about n- Ben Live all day. Not a big <laughs> cook. But he owns a creme brulee torch. I know yes. because I borrowed it from him once. <laughs> Me too. Yeah. Many times I had keys to his apartment and sometimes it wouldn't have fuel. So I'd break into his apartment and use his creme brulee torch. He actually is. He does love he French cooking. He actually does, yeah. 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 But not much baking. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, well, why don't we go to a song for a bit and then we'll come back and we'll talk a little bit more about cakes. Sure. This is a song by Supermoon. Yay. It's called Power Suits, and our internet's been acting up a little bit today, but hopefully this will be just fine. back you can keep talking about cakes that's what we're here for <laughs> <laughs> while we played the song 
everyone was just talking about cakes. So. That's true. So Nikki was going to tell us about her family birthday cake. Yeah, my mom like has always made homemade birthday cakes for all of us. And uh, growing up, she always made us a soccer tour, which is this Austrian chocolate cake that's super good and really dense. And it's just a one-layer cake. But then you take apricot preserves and put them through a sieve until they're super, super fine. And then you cover, you, so it's like a dense chocolate cake, apricot preserves, and then you cover the entire thing in dark chocolate ganache. And it's delicious, and it's become the cake that all of us got made for our birthdays. And then when I moved up here to Vancouver, for the first eight or nine years, my mom would FedEx me a soccer tour in the mail so that I would have a homemade soccer tour for my birthday every year. And she didn't do it last year because I was out of town, but it's... That's such a nice thing to get a homemade cake in the mail from your mama. Mm -hmm. Yeah. How do you um, ship a cake in the mail? Well, that, like, wouldn't it? I don't know. Get damaged or well, something. Well, this is the beautiful thing about a soccer tour is that it's not too fragile. Like, it's dense and it's covered in ganache, which hardens at room temperature. So she hmm. could just put it in saran wrap, stick it in a box with those packing popcorn things, and then FedEx it, and it would get there in a day and a half or whatever. And be fine. Actually, one year, there was, it was that year where there were horrible windstorms and snowstorms, and it was also the year that they reduced the number of incoming ports into Canada from five to three, so everything took longer, and the cake came, my birthday's December 2nd, and the cake came, like, just before Christmas, but it had been frozen in a truck for weeks, <laughs> so we just ate it. When I but it was, it, was it was frozen? It was frozen the whole time, so it just thawed, and we just ate it with forks on the kitchen floor when it came out, and I was very happy. Was it intact? Yeah, completely. Yeah. It was, like, still frozen when we got it, and a couple hours later, it was, like, perfect. Uh, what's your favorite kind of cake? Is it that, that birthday cake? Um... I feel like for nostalgic purposes, yeah, that's my favorite cake. But I really, really love citrus. Like lemon. Lemon cakes. Lemon, lemony cakes are good. And I, I love, I do love chocolate cake. And there's, the, my like go-to chocolate recipe is uh, has stout in it. Mm -hmm. And it just makes it like super rich tasting and really moist. So, and, and I love a nice cake best. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's not a cake, but... <laughs> uh, but but you can love it. Okay, I love it. I'll say it. I'll yeah, say it it's fine. I love it. You, <laughs> let the record show. Yeah. Nikki loves ice cream cake. I love ice cream cake. Darcy loves ice cream cake too. You like you guys are going to be held accountable for this when mm -hmm. you're elected to public office. I don't I'm even. Sure. I don't even cake that much. Which I'm just really picky about. Yeah. So cake. that's okay. <laughs> like I love ice cream, but like. If I, and I love her, I don't want to eat a sweet unless mm -hmm. it's a really, really good sweet. Yeah, we were talking earlier about how um chose birthday pie up instead of cake. Hmm. I'm more of a birthday pie person myself, but I, pie is my favorite food. Yeah. So that's probably why. What's your favorite pie? Lemon meringue. Oh. Yeah, so. I'd always ask for sour cherry pie. Yeah. Oh. Mm -hmm. And then eat a second piece for breakfast. Yeah, pie for breakfast pie is, is breakfast amazing. Breakfast champions. 100%. Yeah, breakfast of champions, exactly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Um, so we've been talking a lot about Nikki's cakes, but um, Darcy, you make a different kind of cake. You, you were talking about how you don't even like eating cake that much, <laughs> which, but you, but you are um, very good at making cakes, um, but you don't necessarily eat, well, I mean, you can eat the cake. They're edible. The cakes you make are edible, but... They're not designed to taste really good. Yeah, I mean, they taste fine. They taste, or, well, we, yeah. we aim for them to taste fine, but mm -hmm. it's definitely but, a 
form over function kind of deal. What kind of cakes do you make? Uh, offensive cakes. Offensive cakes. <laughs> I, I've, I've branched out into normal cakes lately, but um, <laughs> it, it started with offensive cakes. And uh, what, um, what is an offensive cake? Um, so it's a... Well, generally how an offensive cake comes to be is someone decides on a horrific um, historical event or something in in the news that's happened, and we decide to turn it into a cake. Um, sorry, caller, we don't have time to answer the phone right now. We are live. But we can at the next song, so yes. feel free to call again. Um, but uh, so what... Um, can you give an example um, that you feel comfortable admitting to on the radio? <laughs> what do I want to admit to on the radio? We already have callers. It's like they know. They've seen the cake. Um, the first offensive cake that ever was um, was spawned by my friend Jess and I being pretty intoxicated. At least I'm pretty sure that's how it happened. Mm -hmm. And we decided that we would like to see a cake made of Hitler and drag. So that was the first offensive cake. Yes. I think I've seen pictures of that one. Was it like um, a little Hitler in drag on the cake, or was it a sculptural Hitler in drag um, as the cake? It was sculptural, but we weren't very good at it yet, so it kind of looked like South Park Hitler in drag. <laughs> 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 um, okay, they've stopped. No, Carla's still going. And so when you make these cakes, um, you talk about form. What kind of structures are you building here? Um, it totally depends on the cake. Um, probably the most technically difficult offensive cake we've ever done, which is maybe not so popular, is the uh, Twin Towers cake. Oh, um, yes. You flambéed it. Yes, we did. Whoa. But make, making a cake tower is actually really difficult. Um, because it will fall over? It'll or? fall over. You, there's not a lot of structural How, how tall was this cake? Um, I don't remember. I think... Maybe, maybe a foot, but it was a pretty narrow mm -hmm. to get that tower shape. But it, it fell over and it kind of was fitting, so. How do people respond to offensive cakes? Um, we would generally have them, like, in a private function. We mm -hmm. would just have our pals over, so the reception was generally pretty good. Um, I don't think we've ever done one out in public. No. Nikki was saying that she had been invited to a party <laughs> that was an offensive cake party, but thought it was too offensive. <laughs> Which one was it? The luge one. <laughs> well, I feel like I was invited to a few, and I was always like, this is a funny idea. And then I saw pictures, and I was like, I can't eat it. I can't eat it. The luge one was like, that's, that's pretty offensive. Yeah, well, we really jumped on that one. Like, yeah. it was right after the Olympics. <laughs> and that's part of the humor, is that it's, like, shocking. It's, like, it's like way too soon. Yeah. Which is, I think, like, why it works as being offensive. Yeah. But not everyone has the... <laughs> I mean, some people are offended, which I guess is the point. But... Yeah, I guess uh, the, only, the only actual offense that I've ever had as feedback was... From the 9-11 cake, which we, we've done three of them now. 9-11 so. cakes? Well, we were doing it every 9-11 <laughs> oh, for a bit. anniversary. So, yeah. But, I mean, uh, what, sort, what did people say? I'm just curious. Um, well, they're always at, like, functions with a lot of booze. And so the second 9-11 cake, I just remember this guy being like, my friend's dad's friend died in 9-11 and got really uppity about it. Mm -hmm. but, 
I mean, I guess if you're going to a party that advertises that it will offend you, yeah. you shouldn't be surprised if you're going if you end up offended. Right. It's not like a here's some things that I really believe. Mm-hmm. Enjoy this cake. It's yeah. just like attempting to. It's a joke, and it's called offensive cake party. Right. Yes. So you, you should be getting into self-selecting. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, so you uh, just talking about like the structures of these cakes. They're, they're, some of them are quite detailed, correct? Yeah. Um, do you, you use like fondant and like in, internal structural things to hold to get them to stand, or? Yeah, I try to steer away from internal structures just because they're impossible to eat around or mm-hmm. kind of gross. It's like, eat around this weird plastic straw. This bottle of Smirnoff ice. <laughs> That's a real that one. That did happen. That yeah, really I know happened. about that. Well, that <laughs> I, I feel like that was one of our one of our best projects. It was an excellent prank. Um, <laughs> do you want to describe it? Um, yeah, so we did an offensive cake party and it was of a bloody tampon. It was actually one of the grosser ones for sure, but... Um, Raspberry jam, I believe. Yeah, it <laughs> was delicious, but... <laughs> Uh, when you cut open the cake, there was a Smirnoff ice inside. It was 2010. It was the summer of the summer Bros of... Icing Bros. Yes, and it was it was the most um, complex icing that I ever saw. I, I feel like it was my crowning achievement. <laughs> I, I, I retired from icing after that. Um, yeah, Tristan never never get. So who got <laughs> iced? Tristan. Oh. Okay. Tristan Taylor. Um, yeah. Who? I don't know if you're listening, Tristan. You got iced, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Um, should we go for a song for a bit? Sure. Yeah, and then we can, uh, we can come right on back. Talk more about cakes. Sophomore album Loungewear from the Portland duo Mel Brewers brings together the Zulu rhythms of Dionysian New Orleans street folk with the kinetic dub bluegrass of New York nerdcore. However, this decrepit rehash only tortures the nubile freshness of their debut, the Wackajite Travelogues. This can only be seen as the decline of a nascent career before it has even begun to incline and receives their lowest score yet, 7.4 Radioheads out of 10 Arcade Fires. Want an alternative to music blogs? Discorder Magazine has been supporting Vancouver's independent music community for over 30 years. Come help keep local music journalism alive at the Discorder fundraiser and launch party this December 4th, featuring Rec Center, Skinny Kids, Other Jesus, and CITR's very own DJ Pop Tales. Doors are at 8 with $5 cover before 10 and $10 after. It's happening this Thursday, December 4th at the Hindenburg, 23 West Cordova. December's best new fundraiser as selected by Discorder editors.
And we're back. So that was Other Jesus. Do you know the song, Jordy? Um, yes, it's called Believe. Believe. And uh, they're playing this weekend at an event that we'll talk about in a bit. Um, but first, we're going to wrap up our cake segment. Um, any last thoughts? Anybody? First cake memory? Fondant? It's gross. Yeah. Try to avoid it. If you don't need it for structural integrity, just just leave it off. What is fondant? Um, it's what what is it? Like what's it it's, made out of? Sugar, like right? sugar. Do you, and do you make sugar. it yourself or do you I buy have, it? I've yeah. bought it and I've made it, and I've like the least offensive tasting fondant I've ever made was made with like marshmallow fluff and icing mm. sugar. Okay. Um, and it just kind of tasted sweet, but. I mean, there's weird stuff like glycerin in it if you make it yeah. from scratch and like icing sugar and shortening and it's not it's not good it feels like plasticine and it's really stiff and you roll it in sheets right in in, in sheets? sheets oh i thought you said in cheese and i'm no. like oh <laughs> um, yeah you, you you roll it out and then you can cover stuff with it okay i feel like if you're going to make an offensive cake or a cake that you know needed Has to have some fine detail work it exactly. doesn't have to be an offensive cake then i cake. get it yeah okay fine yeah. But I would never want to put it on a cake that is made purely to be delicious. Right? Like, a, it like doesn't why? make sense on a layered cake or no. anything? No, it doesn't make sense. It's just, I don't know. I've never eaten it, but it doesn't look appetizing. And there's enough sugar in cake. I don't know. Yeah, it's not even, it's, I don't remember it being particularly sweet. It's just kind of rubbery. Yeah. Like, it's, it's, it is sweet. It's, it's sweeter than it's not sweet, but it's not like, oh, it's so sugary. It's just kind of like, oh, it's got a weird texture yeah i usually just peel it off if it's on there and eat the cakey bits yeah oh before you were asking me about cake disasters and i couldn't mm. think of one but then i remembered one year i made my first buttercream but it was like a 95 degree day and it just melted oh the cake yeah it looked like, like a blob yeah like it, the butter in it melted and it looked really gross <laughs> oh. and it tasted like hot butter <laughs> mm. yeah so there you go that's a good one. <laughs> Everyone cake has fail. cake disasters. Everyone yeah. has cake disasters. Well, thank you so much for coming in. Thanks for having us. Thanks for having us. Great. Yeah. Um, did you want to talk to Rob or did you want to talk to him at the end of the show about uh, Let's Mint play Records? a song. Let's play a song? Let's play a song. Okay. And then we'll call him. So, yes, we have a guest uh, calling in who's previously been a correspondent of beer. And uh, Rob works for Mint Records and is going to talk a bit about the show happening on Saturday. Um, this is a band called Animal Bodies, and this song is called The Killing Scene. Our music director is very excited about it. She's very excited. i 
And we are back. That was Animal Bodies. That song is called The Killing Scene. Um, we have uh, we have a special guest phoned in on the on the phone. This is Rob. Rob, can you hear us? Yeah, how's it going? Great. Uh, so what's happening? Uh, Saturday, my ridiculously early Christmas party. Um, as most people in Vancouver and music scene should know, it happens every year at... Uh, just before December, and I'd like to be the first Christmas party of the year for everyone. So, the Big Bill, eight bands playing at the Electric Owl, starting early, going late. Um, some big people from out of town and from in town. We've got Randy Wilson coming with his Punk Explosion band, um, which is actually Hagface from Calgary. They'll be doing a set themselves. Um, we've got Duo Tang, Brenda. I know they're one of your favorites from your hometown. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got Jarner, Energy Slime, Tough Age just joined the bill. We've got Supermoon. Yeah, we heard some Supermoon and some Tough Age, not Tough Age, but um, Energy Slime earlier in the show. Yeah. So they've, this will be their second show. Ever? Ever. <laughs> You're talking about Energy Slime, right? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> not Tough Age. And uh, what is this tape that we're hearing about? The tape is called Hot Heroes, and it's something that the first 50 entrants to the show will receive for free. And what's the... gift bag. So this is a cassette. Sorry, you're breaking up. A cassette? This is a cassette. It is a cassette. So you need a tape so, player. You do need a tape player, but um, a quick trip to the thrift store, and I bet you'll be able to find a Sony Sportsman for no more than $5. That's, that's a very good point. And who's on the tape? What's the concept? Um, so we've got, I believe, eight mint bands and eight of their friends. So every band, um, we asked to, to pick a friend of theirs. So Great. Lot, lots so, of different sounds people great. From across Canada. Uh, Brenda, you, yeah. were you were talking about um, a good place. This is our pairing for the week. Um, you were talking about how... There's a good place to eat near there. Yeah, so we're recommending that you go to this show as our weekly food music pairing. And we're going to recommend that you go to Campanillo before... Campanillo upstairs. Heading to the electric the owl. Burger. And so, what, wait, what do people eat at Get Campanillo? the dirty burger. Upstairs. Upstairs, yeah. Go upstairs, get the dirty burger. It's so good. Darcy's nodding. It's delicious. What's yeah. on a dirty burger? What's it's just special? a really good burger. Okay. It's, it's the same as stuff you'd find on a normal burger. But, but delicious. It's just it's just really, really well done. Okay. Great. Well, thanks for telling us telling us about the show, Rob. Hey, no problem. Great. We'll see you later. Okay. Bye. 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 And um, now we have just enough time to introduce our next segment, um, in which Brenda and Duncan talk about. Uh, Brenda, do you wanna do you wanna take to tell us what you talk about? Uh, yes, we're gonna discuss pumpkin beer, uh, the pros and cons of pumpkin beer, and some recommendations. And uh, there's a little there's a little bit of music around that too. Mm -hmm. um, Some pumpkin beer themed music. You must be going on like a channel. Oh, I said, 
know grandma I know, but anyhow I won't tell you now Sister son, don't sell no girl I want you to tell me now What you say, hey Oh, what a walk, oh, a honking belly Whoa, whoa, whoa Who asked me that, no, me old time granny Hey, hey, hey But grandma, I am young You better have sympathy So, it would be better If you ask my mommy It's the middle of October, which across the nation means that we are all looking at this and thinking, I don't know why, but I simply have to drink that. <laughs> yes, it's that special time of year where we voluntarily imbibe pumpkin spice lattes, the coffee that tastes like a candle. And... <laughs> and, I, and I don't mean it tastes like a candle smells. Pumpkin spice lattes taste like a candle tastes. <laughs> Don't ask me how I know that. But, but what is strange is that pumpkin spice foods inexplicably seem to grow more omnipresent every year, even though there's no actual pumpkin in the drinks. <laughs> kind of like how everyone you meet calls himself a DJ all of a sudden, <laughs> when what they really mean is that they own an iPad and have been to a party. This is Brenda, co-host of Peanut Butter and Jam, so on Thursdays from 6.30 to 7.30, and I have with me in the studio Duncan McHugh, host of Duncan's Donuts. Hi. Hey, thanks for coming in. Uh, I'm uh, very happy to be here. Big fan of the show. Thanks. And if anyone's heard our, our show promo, uh, <laughs> Duncan was actually the master of that uh, screaming Peanut Butter and Jay promo. Um, so Duncan's here to talk about pumpkin beer. So Duncan, what's the deal with pumpkin flavor? Yeah, uh, so uh, pumpkin flavor uh, is ubiquitous at this time of year. And this year in particular, I've noticed that there's been a bit of a backlash. So not so much what I'm here to talk about, which is pumpkin beers, but pumpkin spice lattes have gotten a really bad rap. Uh, people call it basic. I'm not, I won't explain that too much, but there's a lot of talk about how basic it is to get uh, pumpkin spice lattes. And also, uh, places like Trader Joe's have just dozens and dozens of pumpkin spiced items. And uh, this is the first year that I really noticed people calling it out. However, pumpkin beers seem to have, don't get as much of the criticism. And I think that's very warranted. They're delicious. And unlike what uh, Mr. Oliver said there before uh, in that clip, um, they're, they also contain real pumpkin. So they are, they genuinely mostly have pumpkin in them, especially the local craft beers that I seek out. So who's hating on pumpkin? Oh, <laughs> I don't know. I've heard online people hate pumpkins. It's just something that they, mm -hmm. they don't like. And, you know, it's such an onslaught for a little while. And I think pumpkin spice latte, just uh, it's like a, seen as a yuppie thing. I don't know. But pumpkin beers, I, I think, are totally delicious and uh, have avoided that. Can you provide a little context about the sound clip that we just heard? Yeah, yeah. That was um, uh, a comedian named John Oliver who hosts a show on HBO in the United States called uh, 
last week tonight with John Oliver, and he, it's a great show, and he critiques American society, and so pumpkin spice lattes were one thing that he did. It's a very funny clip. His show is great. You should watch it. He used to be on The Daily Show. So how long has pumpkin beer been around? Well, there's sort of two parts to that question. Uh, Pumpkin beer, as it now is, pumpkin ale, has been around since the mid-'80s. That's when sort of craft brewers started making it. But uh, there is evidence that pumpkin beer existed in the 1700s. I am not a historian of uh, 1700s or 18th century, no, 16th century, (laughs) 16th (laughs) century uh, North America. Uh, but uh, by the sounds of it, uh, the squash were cultivated, which made them less bitter, and then th- and they were plentiful, so people were able to uh, use them in beers, mostly just because they needed something to ferment, and that's uh, that's what, what beers worked with. So how do you get the pumpkin into the beer? I think, I mean, they just toss it in, like, every, like yeah. and then make a malt just out of it. boil it up? I think so. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. I just hear about, again, like, I'm not a Cicerone mm-hmm. or... A real beer expert. I'm just a real pumpkin beer aficionado, and uh, I just hear that, like they hundreds and hundreds of pounds of pumpkin go into hundreds of pounds. certain batches of pumpkin. Amazing. Beer. Yeah. Yeah. Totally amazing. So orange. And you are a fan of pumpkin beer. I I definitely am. Yeah. Why? Uh, well, I love big flavored beers. Um, I am not an IPA guy, which is really, as a someone who loves beer, makes me a bit lonely here in Vancouver because <laughs> it's a real IPA city and an IPA coast. Um, I find it just too bitter. It's not really my thing. And uh, so, you know, there's lots of beer writers and beer folks, um, but they really are fixated on IPAs, Cascadian ales, those kinds of things. And uh, that's not for me so much. So I get excited about the pumpkin beers because they're... I like stouts and porters and dark beers and uh, sort of the entry into that time of those kind of beers, that time of year. And it's it's also synonymous with me with, uh, you know, the end of summer, there's pumpkin beers to look forward to. There's postseason baseball to look forward to and there's shindig to look forward to. So it's that, that thing that makes it a little less sad that summer's over. And there has been a pumpkin beer on tap at shindig. Has there? Yes, there has. Oh, wow. I didn't even know that. And I can't remember which one. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, can you tell us about some of the beers that you've tasted this season? Yeah. So I this year I finally uh, achieved a dream of mine, which was start, to start a pumpkin beer blog. And I, I have a pumpkin beer bl- uh, Tumblr. So mm-hmm. it's called allthepumpkinbeers.tumblr.com. And it's a, just a catalog and quick thoughts on all of the pumpkin beers I drank this season. Which is coming to a close. Which is how many? Uh, so I drank 14 nice. different beers. They're all, almost all local. Uh, St. Amboise is from Quebec. That's kind of the furthest afield. I, in the past, have tried Post Road, which is uh, from New York. And uh, I've never tried the Doghead Fish um, Brewery from Delaware. Apparently they have an excellent pumpkin beer. But I've never seen it uh, get this far west. Okay. Um, if you don't know about Dogfish Head, they're a crazy brewery in Delaware, so well worth looking into. And some of their beers make it here, but not uh, their pumpkin beer. And of the local beers, the King is definitely uh, the Howe Sound Pumpkin Eater Imperial Pumpkin mm-hmm. Ale. It is delicious. It is very fully flavored. It is also 8%, and it comes Beware. in a very large bottle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Once, uh, I last year, I had a meeting and early, and I had to go pick up my daughter from daycare. 
and uh, I had like an hour of downtime, <clears throat> and so I thought, oh, you know, I'll, there's a baseball game on. I'll just go and I'll have a beer and then go pick her up. And so I had a pint, and it was eight percent. And I like it. It, it just it was not a good combination. Yeah. Of, like, one equals two. Dad being a little tipsy and uh, showing up to pick up his daughter. Um, I wasn't driving, so mm-hmm. it, that wasn't an issue. But uh, yeah, you have to pace yourself, and it, it's a critique that I well, it, it's an. The sorts of craft beers that get made in BC, especially, oftentimes tip the scales on the alcohol content. And it's really too bad because there's lots of tasty beers. I guess it's just part of the process, but I can't get that drunk. <laughs> like, I can't. Yeah. Like, it just, it's too much for me most of the time. So uh, that is like, the best one, but, it, you know, it's definitely, mm-hmm. you got to pick your moments when you're going to tackle an 8%er. So are there other, other recommends or yeah. avoids? Um, yeah, I'd list. also recommend um, one beer that I was really surprised by was the Lost Souls uh, por- Parallel 49 Chocolate Porter Stout mm-hmm. or, or Chocolate Pumpkin Porter. I really uh, am not a fan of chocolate in beers, especially, well, in porters always seem to have kind of a chocolatey aspect, but the, it was very subtle. It was the only subtle thing about the beer because everything else <laughs> was just like really heavy, uh, which was great, but uh, the chocolate wasn't really that present. So that was also an excellent beer that I wasn't expecting to like as much as I did. Uh, Phillips has sort of, uh, they have two versions of their Crooked Tooth beer. They have one that's 5% and then a crookeder one, which is 8%. Mm-hmm. So you can <laughs> choose to have, you know, like take it easy on yourself. And then in terms of new beers, um, I would say the the I pumpkin or I brain eater pumpkin ale by Bomber was pretty good by a new local brewery. I don't I don't make it out to the tasting rooms as much as I'd like, uh, so I'm not sure if Brassneck uh, or Thirty Three Acres or those places had um, pumpkin beer offerings as well. But um, yeah, I haven't seen any. But right. Yeah. yeah I, I yeah. I wonder if Brassneck. I mean, they're an excellent brewery, but if they're a little too good for pumpkin mm-hmm. ales. Fair enough. But yeah, th- those are some really good ones. And there's still a lot of stock. Um, if you go to the BC Liquor website, it's very conveniently allows you to see how many bottles there are of any particular beer and how many there are in each store. So there's still 414 bottles of pumpkin eater wow. imperial uh, pumpkin ale available in the BC Liquor system. So there's still lots there. Nice. And the one beer uh, that I will give thumbs down to, unfortunately, was uh, the Fernie Brewing Company Pumpkin Brown Ale. It was not... Uh, not, not good. It just tasted really flat. Like, it just didn't taste like much. Okay. And so I think if you're going pumpkin ale, go big or go home. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm going to say. You want the, the fresh pumpkin flavor, not the stale pumpkin flavor. Yeah. Yeah. And you also don't want something that tastes like winter ale, which is like... I hate winter ale. I know. Ales. It's the worst. So don't ever confuse a pumpkin ale fan with a winter ale fan. No. Because winter ale sucks, and it just tastes like allspice, and that's not what anybody wants in a beer. No. Get out of here. Well, thanks for doing all this research and sharing your pumpkin beer preferences. It was hard work, but (laughs) I'm glad I made it. Nice. Yeah. So if you visit the Peanut Butter and Jam's Facebook page, we'll have a link to Duncan's Tumblr. Thanks so much, Duncan. You're very welcome. Thanks for having me on the show. My black My black bottle of beer I knocked it back But I felt the same Another drug Passed out on the table in front A wealth of dictionary by his side 
my black day I tried to mend my old ways But you know how difficult it is to change A doorway slams Interrupting all our plans Useless papers scattered all over the floor And uh, uh, we're back. That was, uh, thank you so much, Duncan, for the piece. That uh, The song at the start of the piece was Pumpkin Belly by Tanner Saw off of the rise of Jamaican dancehall culture um, from 1985. And the song at the end was by Hank, The Luck of the Singers, and it was called My Black Years, My Black Bottle of Beer. Pretty, mm. pretty appropriate. So you had some scuttlebutt to tell us, Jordy. Oh, yeah. Um, so I was listening to this piece, and I was like, I was in Brassneck once when the staff were shooting the shit just amongst each other, and I was just kind of like a fly on the wall. And they were talking about something the owner had said, um, or maybe the head brewer, one of the people who's in charge of Brassneck, about pumpkin beer. And um, it's relevant to what Duncan was talking about, because the owner apparently said, we'll make a pumpkin beer over my cold dead corpse <laughs> and they're all like ha yeah he would say that <laughs> and um i i thought duncan would want to know that mm-hmm. and we have another we have a we have a guest expert who's been sitting in the back hey everybody this is matt hi uh, and uh he's just been listening um he just happens to be here so politely so politely um, but you had something to say about uh, how pumpkin gets into the beer, which Brenda well, yeah, and Duncan you... were wondering about. Yeah, so I'm, you guys were talking about how pumpkin gets in beer, and I spoke up and was so the uh, I guess on an industrial scale, you'll just put bucket loads of puree straight into your wort, um, which is all well and good. But uh, on a home scale, like you would just cut up chunks and roast them and toss them in hole so they'd float around like you know ice cubes of pumpkin in a gigantic beer that sounds pretty easy yeah Yeah, just just take them out at the same time you take out the hops or the other yeah the hops and the yeast the trub that settles at the bottom um i've never done one and don't plan to but if you were going to if you're going to that's how you do it yeah all right well thanks so much um that's that's our show uh thanks so much everyone for being on it i feel like this has been a very action-packed show (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, a full crowded studio um, so thank you, Nikki. Thank you, Darcy. Thank you, Matt. Thank you, Duncan. Thank, thank you, you, Rob. Jordy. Thank you, Brenda. Thanks for everyone. Thank you, Jordy. Great. <laughs> and um, make sure you stay tuned. Uh, Darren is not coming up next. Uh, he is out of town right now. Uh, Stereoscopic Readout would normally be on after our show. Um, his uh, next week, was Robin saying next week is his last show? No, next week he is also out of town. Next week he's also out of town. And, and then, then his last show is on December 18th. So um, December 18th, which will be um, his last show. He's not going to be on until then. And then he'll be on to do a goodbye show because he's moving. Um, mm-hmm. So uh, make sure you, if you're a fan of the show, make sure you uh, tune in for that one. Um, he's been doing the show for a really long time. So it's uh, it's kind of a big deal that he's moving on. Um, ben Lai will be on up next as usual. Talk, oh. call, call in and tell him about 
chocolate. Just make them, just rile them up. <laughs> and we forgot to mention that Discorder is having a fundraiser and Jan Sember yes. launch party at the Hindenburg, the Hindenburg on Thursday, December 4th. Right, with Rec Center, Skinny Kids, Other Jesus, and a DJ set by Pop Drones. Mm-hmm. Um, we played some Other Jesus earlier in the show. It was pretty good. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, and um, now we're just going to go to um, Sam. Sam is going to play some stuff for you. And I'm those guys 